Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 20. John 20, verse 21 and 22, just to kind of kick us off here. We're in the second part of a series in the month of July, and let me just again do a quick commercial for what's happening the next couple weeks, because these are some big weeks for us as a church. Um, uh, I'm preaching today. <laughs> and, uh, but then the next two weeks, we've got some special folks coming in. And uh, next week is going to be a joint service here with uh, Pleasant Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church, Gospel Choir, the Reverend Pastor Larry Mouton, going to be bringing the Word. Y'all don't be quiet and stuff next week. I told him y'all talk. And so, help him out. They helped me out, man. It was fun preaching to those guys. <laughs> I was over there a few weeks ago. It was great. We had a great time. You know... Not only us, but I, here's part of my little plug here. I felt this way, but they felt this way too. They said, you know, we were all saying it felt, everybody had different words for it, but it felt like heaven on earth. It felt like, my word was, it felt like a thin place where heaven was, the, the veil was really thin. You know, just there being together, us, brothers and sisters, all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences and things, but sharing a common life together in Christ, Right? And so that's next week, and then the following week on the 27th, Susan Peters is going to be up from Antioch, Waco, and uh, she's going to be talking about a heart for justice. It's our Justice Day, and it's going to be she heads up Unbound, which is the national deal for Antioch for anti-trafficking. And so, gonna man, that's God's heart. It's to help set people free, whether it's sex trade or that kind of bondage or any other kind of bondage. God is into people getting set free in the name of Jesus, okay? So here we go today on mission to share a wonderful life. So I'm going to talk about God and mission today. And uh, I, I really think I've uh, <clears throat> not stumbled on, but been led by the Lord to a passage that's pretty, uh, it's like a paradigm level passage. And I want us to unpack this thing even more over time. But uh, in John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, um, Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, He's talking to His disciples who are there behind locked doors. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Last week we talked about from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and we're continuing that idea is that we are created by God to do great things. There's a purpose. There's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why this church is here. We are created by God to do stuff, to do great things. When we dream with God, He leads us to do wonderful things. And this church, Christ Fellowship, is a church planting church. Down through the years, we've planted 13 churches. Out of this church, we've sent out multiple more teams to be involved in church plants. We've helped that facilitate that process in ten time, you know, many, many, many times over in the movement that we're a part of called Antioch. But one of our most famous stories 
from the very beginning of the church, when we were just starting, we said, what if we were missionaries? That was like a breakthrough idea. We said, what if we were missionaries? And what that did was, it helped us to get outside of our little, the way we thought growing up. You know, this is the way we do church, this is the way church looks. And as we were reading the book of Acts and dreaming about church and saying, why can't we do church like we read about right here in the scriptures? Why can't we do this stuff? You know, and then suddenly this little idea, I'm going to call it the leading of the Lord, but it just seemed like an idea that floated through my head. And I said, what if I was a missionary from Africa or from Europe and I was beamed into, we were at Grapevine at the time, and I was beamed into Grapevine, what would I do to reach the people that I'm trying to reach? Well, you know, coming from the background that I was in that didn't use music or uh, instruments like this, like that was one of the things that I knew that needed to change. I mean, my whole culture was listening to music and stuff like that. You know, they didn't listen to a cappella music. And so I wanted to reach those people, and so we did different things that got outside of the box in order to reach them. Paul said, I became all things to all men so that I might connect with them and help them see what Jesus Christ is really like. So it's a, it's a breakthrough kind of question. What would we do? How would we act different? Uh, what would we be willing to change or give up of our own preferences in order to see other people come in the doors here or come into our lives, in our homes? All the different ways that we might reach them. And... Uh, I mean, golly, down through the years, we've got crazy stories. Stuff that God's done because we were trying... You know, when you get out on the edge... Y'all are going to get nervous if I get too far on the edge of this. But when you get on the edge, when you get on the edge, that's where the stuff happens. The stuff happens on the edge. The stuff doesn't happen when you're behind you know, closed doors and locked up and for fear of what's going to... bad world. Jackin? So, um, I mean, stories down through the years. Uh, broken arms healed in the moment. Pretty, pretty dramatic. Kind of miracle stuff. Dead person raised from the dead. Pretty amazing just in the moment. In America, you hardly get to pray for anybody that's dead because the paramedics get there so fast. Part of one of our strengths cuts down on some of the miracles we get to see, probably. I was with a, one of our uh, missionary friends just a couple weeks ago, and uh, she was telling a story about how she was in a very dangerous country, and all of a sudden there was some uh, threats on the lives of some of the team that was there, and she was involved in an emergency evacuation. And I'm just sitting there listen, listening with... You know, I mean, it's a gripping story of getting out of the country and the, the place they were going to stay in another city had actually, uh, a bomb had gone off and three of the people from that agency had been killed, you know, and so she went there and they actually were doing grief recovery stuff with those people. She said it was the hardest thing she'd ever done in her life, you know, and I'm just listening and the peace of God is all over her. I mean, just the peace of, uh, the presence of God in the room was awesome, you know, just and when you, get on the, when you get on the edge, that's where the stuff happens. But our going isn't just, just about going to Mongolia or going to you know, wherever, uh, different countries. Our going is about leaving this room and going to our neighborhoods 
than going to our schools. It's about, uh, you know, the, our, our little neighborhood has a swimming pool. And I go there and I read sometimes. And, and I listen to the nation languages of the world at my swimming pool. It's weird. I mean, it's unbelievable. We got, I was listening to Hindi the other day. In, in the same day, Hindi, Polish. I, I think it was Polish. I'm not like an expert. And I think another... Uh, is, did I see Roger in the room? It was... I don't think it was Croatian, but it was really close. There was some itches at the end and some things that my tongue won't do right correctly as I've tried to do that and been over there with those guys and been corrected repeatedly eight, nine times in a row. No. No. They really want me to get it. No. Finally... They throw their heads in hands in frustration, you know. But I mean, the point is, I think it's because Lockheed. I don't know. Maybe some people from Lockheed live over there, but here Hebrew and all these different languages. It's crazy. And our the point is, our city is an international hub of people. If you didn't know Fort Worth was an international city, it is. It's unbelievably international. And so our going isn't just leaving here. Our going is all around our own city. It's all around our own city. In fact, if we are not the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God right here in, in our own city, then it's kind of hypocritical to say, let's go somewhere else and do something that we're unwilling to do right here. I said that before somewhere along the way. So today I want to unpack that a little bit by looking at God. Okay, here we go. So the image of God. When you think of the image of God, what do you think of? You're unclear around here. Jesus, yes. So when you think of the image of God, you think of Jesus because He is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of His glory, right? And how does Jesus Christ reveal God? When we look long and hard at Jesus, what we see in the New Testament is that He reveals a relational God from before creation. Father and Son in a relationship of love in the power of the Spirit, in the oneness of the Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in relationship. A oneness that is with distinction. So, so as we look to God, we want to be people that are Christ-centered, Christocentric people. But as we do that, then we see that we are indeed Trinitarian people. When we look to Jesus, we see that He reveals Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're Christocentric, Christ-centered, Trinitarian, and missional that means because God is on a mission and we get brought into His life, we are on a mission. Everybody tracking with my, my, uh, my logic here? It's just when we look at Jesus and we see this, we see this relational God, you know, and everything kind of changes. And I, I want to just say, what I just said is a paradigm shift for the Western church. The Western church doesn't think first and foremost Trinitarian because of, you roll the history all the way back, it used, the, the church used to think that way. The Eastern church still does, in, 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 by and large. But then, but then somewhere along in Augustine, Augustine says, yes, Trinity, but because he's so influenced by Greek thought, Greek pagan thought, uh, kind of Platonic thought, uh, Neoplatonic thought. So, he says yes to the Trinity, but he says there's got to be a deeper essence than that. 
It can't just end at Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's, it can't just end at relationality. It's got to be deeper. And so he postulates a deeper essence of God and all kinds of crazy stuff gets hung on that deeper essence of God that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ and the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that he reveals. Okay? And that is a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift for us to think not primarily individualistic and God off in this distant corner that we can't understand, but to see Jesus Christ reveals God. Father, Son, Spirit. And there's not a deeper essence than that revelation that Jesus brings. There's not a deeper revelation of God than what Jesus Christ brings. He is the revelation of the living God. God says, this is what I'm like. He is the self-revelation of God. You can't look someplace else and hang something on God that doesn't look like Jesus. And that's why we preach this over and over. That's why we interpret the Scriptures that way. Does it line up with the Spirit of Jesus Christ? Does it look like Jesus? You know, and so when you uh, feel like I'm preaching, you guys with me? Okay, it's a paradigm shift. And another piece of that, when you see that Father, Son, and Spirit are together, I mean, Jesus, what does He do? He walks around and He says, if you see Me, you're seeing what God the Father looks like in Me walking around. This is what God is like. This is what, these are the words He would say. These are the actions He would do. And you know what? Where we're off, where we're off in any way, where we need to be recalibrated to Jesus, it's us that needs to change and not conforming Him to this, this idea that we've got from philosophy or Greek pagan ideas or whatever. We need to go back to Jesus. Let ourselves be recalibrated to Jesus and the relational, loving God from before eternity that He, he reveals and uh, brings uh, insight to us. So... Out of this love from eternity, God also says, Son, I want you to go. So out of this beautiful, loving relationship, the Father sends the Son. So God Himself is missional. He is ascending God. Two main sendings. One is sending the Son so that we'd know what He's like. And the second one is sending the Spirit so we could live in the Son and see Jesus who reveals the Father to us and be swept up into this divine relationship of life and love and share this life with Him. So, in the sense that God is missional, that means that every church is supposed to be missional as well. We are missional, whether we see it or not. That's fact. The church is missional. To join the church, to, to be in Christ, is to be in all that He's about. So, I don't, like say yes to Jesus, I have a personal experience, I'm going to heaven when I die, and let me just think about whether or not I want to be involved in the mission or not. It's not optional. To be in this circle of love means to be in the mission. And we're going somewhere. We've got things to do. There's a being there. It's like, uh, you know, we get brought into this and I get to enjoy it, but I don't stay there just enjoying it. There's stuff to do. Or, on the other hand, the flip side of that is, if I'm just into the doing and I'm an active person, but I don't realize that it's about coming into relationship with God and enjoying Him, I'm going to burn out like quickly. And I'm going to put burnout onto other people. 
and kind of miss that it's a being and doing experience together. Okay, how are we doing? Um, somebody told me one time that when it's quiet, sometimes it means we're thinking. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of throw it in that category right for now. So, union with Christ, you understand that what God has done in Jesus is unite humanity to Himself. That's the truth of what Jesus Christ has done. And it's not a, a potentiality, it's the truth. Now, you have the dignity of rejecting what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. You can reject it, you can say no, and shake your fist at God, little ways, small ways, or in big ways. Or you can say it's all true. Jesus, you've done what I could never, ever do. And I cling to you. I'm just like saying, yes, Lord. So, the church then is in union with Christ. And to, to be in union with Christ means that as the Father sent me, then I'm sending you. We're together with Him. We have His mission. And as He sends us, we receive the power of His Spirit to go out, to cross barriers, to get out there wherever our friends are at, and that kind of thing, and share life and love with them. The calling then is that every church is called to be missional. That's us. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. Some of the things that we're fighting in this would be, uh, I could go on about a bunch of things, but I'll just mention a few that you might connect with. Individualism. So individualism is going to fight against this idea that I'm proclaiming that God is communal. That God is very much into relationship. He is a relational God and to be in relationship with this relational God means I want to be in relationship with Him and with other people. And that's very different than, this, than, a, than an individual, almost, I mean, it's an individualistic worldview. It's just that things revolve around me. It makes me consumeristic in my perspective of life when I'm being functioning in this individualism. It makes me ethnocentric. It makes me feel like everything kind of revolves around me and my people. People that are like me. And so, to whatever extent we are experiencing diversity because of our oneness in Christ, may it continue over and over and over and over and over again till we look like our city. Straight up. Straight up, we should look like the city around us that's coming in to know Jesus Christ. And you know what? It, it's, there's some barriers to overcome there. When I just think everything revolves around me and my deal and my, my preferences and all, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, of course, materialism would probably be up there at the top of the list too because, uh, because of advertising and whatnot. It, it makes it easy for me to come in and just keep the same perspective going that I've got going all the time out there when I'm being advertised upon constantly. And I'm, so I'm judging constantly, evaluating, is this good? Is this not good? Jamie, he's like a little more fired up today. It's a seven, seven and a half. You know, and, and it's just, it's in us, Right? Yeah, we're thinking. Okay, thinking. Great. Okay, so what do we do? Why do we do what we do? 
And why do we do what we do here at Christ Fellowship? I'm trying to answer some of that today. Why sacrifice our lives and lay them down so that other people can find out about Jesus? Why do that? Why do it? Well, because it's like God. It's, it's functioning and living in the image of God. When we live that way, that's the way God is. So, God, out of this wonderful, beautiful fellowship, comes and sends the Son who comes down to us, who makes God known to us in ways that we would never get, ever, by reading the Old Testament. You just you would not get there. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get it if Jesus Christ, the Word of the living God, stepping into flesh and making God known to us. Right? So, amen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Our great calling then, the main thing, the main thing today is our great calling is to join the triune God in real community. Because that's the way God is. It's not just, hey, I want to feel good or hey, I want to have some friends. I want to join God in real community because that's what God is like. That's what He's bringing us into. And then share that life and love with other people outside of this circle. Outside of the circle. I want other people coming in the circle, but then we're going out to bring others into it as well. So, the first, there's two parts there. And the first one is this. We are called to come together and share life. You've got an outline. We are called to come together and share life. When Jesus came and started His ministry on the earth, He gathered some people and said, okay, now quickly, go go start telling people. He didn't do that, did He? He brought people together and He said, hey, I want you to be with Me. He gathered them to Himself. He gathered them together. Before sending them out, He first said, I want you to come and be with Me. Hang out with Me. And so, that's a key piece of coming together. It's the being dynamic that I was talking about earlier. That's being like God, who is relational, loving. And what that means is, all the things that we say about the church, you know, um, the, the church, what the church does, um, who we are as His people, it's, there is a beingness together that is about love. It's about a oneness and learning to express that. It's about learning to die to ourselves. It's about all the one another's that you read about. Love one another. Serve one another. Bless one another. Come under one another. Edify one another. Lift each other up. Gather together. Meet together. If we don't have a reality of actually coming together, we can't do that one another stuff. You may think you can, and I'm a part of this giant thing out here called the church, but the reality is it doesn't get tested till it's actually tested. You know, you don't really have the, the authority, the, the reality of, of, uh, of following until somebody's actually tried to lead. Or serving until you've had to serve in a way that was pushed you beyond what your idea of service was. Anything that gets outside of your idea of what you think ought to happen in that situation... Get together with some other brothers and sisters and it will be tested. And that's the whole thing. It's like, well, man, I've been hurt by the church. It's probably true. If you've lived in it very long, you probably have been hurt. But God didn't say, you'll never be hurt by other people. He did say, come together and learn 
to love one another. This is thinking, this thinking, right? <laughs> we're just thinking. Okay, we're thinking this thing through. So, the church, all that's a reality. That's why, all like Ephesians, the Mount Everest of the New Testament, those first three chapters of Ephesians, I mean, just... Mesa Boogie 412 cabinets, really loud, beautiful tone, yes, glorious. Trying to say something here, and I'm having trouble getting it out. And so, and so, and so, the church is the fullness of Jesus Christ. It's the fullness because we come together with all these different experiences and stuff. And Chuck has seen stuff that I haven't seen, and I've seen stuff he hasn't seen. And when we get together, there's a more full orb, beautiful picture, more facets of the diamond, more reality being expressed. There's a fullness that's here that you can't get any other place. You know, and it's not just Christ Fellowship, it's the church. You know, it's the relationships, it's the we come together. It's the community part. The fullness of, of Jesus Christ is found in the church. The bride. There's stuff you'll never learn about love apart from being a part of a life-giving church. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's like, it's like art. It's like stepping into the zone and everything just snaps into place. And I don't experience it all the time, but I know that when I'm apart from it, I miss it. I long for relationships with my brothers and sisters. I, lo- I need it. I do better. Just practically. I do better when I'm living life with other people. That's one you can say amen to. The fullness. The bride. The body. The church is the body. We're, we're, that means we're, we live in connection to the head. And we live in connection to other parts of the body in order to experience life. The church is the building of God. The church, you know, all these different pictures and the one anothering and all that stuff. So now let's get back to this passage. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. And this is why I'm saying, I, I think it's, there's a paradigm. I just mean it's something that... This passage is called one of the, the great commissions of Jesus, but I think it could be called the even greater commission of Jesus. At the end of Matthew, Jesus says to the disciples... Go, make disciples. But in this particular one, he says, it's like an even deeper commission. He says, as the Father sent me out of the triune love of eternal, the eternal God, I'm sending you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you in that same way. That's awesome. But look at some of these other things. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews... Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And we need to hear that. After He had said this, He showed them His hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent Me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them the Holy the, breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven." Okay, so this incredible passage, paradigm kind of thing. They've been with him. 
They've seen him go through this incredible trial. It caught them off guard. They didn't understand what that trial was going to be. Jesus actually goes to the cross and dies. And then on the third day, by the power of God, He's raised up, new creation life, never to die again. So, cross and resurrection. And it's kind of a prototype thing that actually we have to go through in following Jesus. Not as many amens on that one, but that is part of this life. And if things are moving forward, things are moving forward around here, things are moving forward at Clips over there, You know, if things are moving forward in in business, in life-giving ways, somebody's laying down their their lives. It's actually, that's kind of the way of following Jesus, is cross and resurrection. Cross and resurrection. Cross and resurrection. That's that's kind of what this life is, is like. And so, here they are, they've seen Jesus die, and they're doing what perhaps some of us would do. Let's go hide in a room and lock the doors. Come on. Let's hide in a room and lock the doors. There's scary stuff going on out there. It's yikes. Let's, we gotta, we got to gather up. we got to get our resources together. What do we do? And, you know, and I, you could throw isms on a bunch of the stuff we fear. You know? But Jesus, when we, when we come together, Jesus still keeps coming in the middle of our gatherings. And He still keeps saying, peace to you in the midst of this trial that you're facing, in the midst of this anxiety that you're going through, in the midst of this I can't see a way forward at all, in the midst of this financial thing or this time thing or this family thing or this son and daughter thing or this mom and dad thing or this illness thing that's just overwhelming my soul. Jesus comes when we're gathered and He says, peace, peace. He says it twice for a reason. John's not, I can't remember if it was once or twice. He's there for a reason. He wants us to get it. What was the word we started off with at Christ Fellowship at the beginning of 2014? We heard the Lord say, Peace to us. I'm halfway through the year, and I kind of wish we'd have gotten another word. Just, I'm just saying. It just faced unprecedented opportunities to be anxious in 2014. You know, that's, I should have, I, I was like, peace, cool word, man. I want to walk in peace. Yeah. You know? And I just didn't, I didn't get it. Y'all, y'all might have known. Y'all were like, oh, I know what's coming for you. So, there's going to be a temptation to hide, to walk in fear, to not go out. But He comes to us when we gather, when we come together, and He strengthens us. He says, peace, Ashley. Peace, Ross, to you. Baron, peace, brother. Peace to you. Peace, Graydon. All around this room, He says, peace. And He says, receive My power. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive an ongoing sense of My presence with you everywhere you go. You are going to be witnesses that give a life-giving testimony to what I'm really like. That's what your, that's what your life's going to be like. Receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. You know, well, I already received the Holy Spirit. Ugh. Receive all you can get. I've been baptized. Get baptized again. If you're walking around anxious, stressed out, not walking in the victory of God, not sharing your life faith, I mean, 
than say, Lord, I want more of You. And just, I want all of You there is to get. I need You. And, yeah, I mean, there's a place for, I'm clinging to this truth, and then there's a place for just getting on our face and saying, Jesus, save me. Meet me here again today. And getting out of our... I did this thing when I was 12 or 18 or 22. You know, I had this experience and I'm going to heaven. Jesus is calling us, all of us, to follow Him. And, and just, yes, we're going to heaven when we die in Jesus Christ. Okay, now, there's stuff to do. And he wants us to gather. And we're going to miss what He has for us if we don't come together. You say, well, that sounds heavy. Maybe, I don't, maybe not. Maybe it's actually good to come together. I was hurt. He wants to heal you. I didn't think it could be any better than what I experienced a long time ago when it was bad. It can. Up and to the right in Jesus. There may be some downturns, but that graph ultimately, you're not going to get to the end and say, oh, I just sacrificed too much for the Lord. I just gave too much for Him. King of kings, Lord of lords, all that He wanted to bring me into. And moving forward, and this, this is a little harder word, but there's always going to be death and resurrection. It's, it's going to be death and resurrection. If we're moving forward here at Christ Fellowship, you may not sense it, you may not, you may not realize it, but if we're moving forward, somebody's dying around here. Somebody's laying down their lives, their schedules, their thoughts in order for other people to, to rise up. And that's just the way, of, that's the way it is. That, that's the way of life in the Lord. So we come together and we share something that is absolutely incredible. Not a life, but the life. The life of Jesus and His love for the Father. And the Father's love for Him in the Spirit. So that's the first piece. We come together and share life. The second piece is we are called then to go out and share that life. He says, as the Father has sent me out of this incredible fellowship of divine love from before eternity, that Jesus prays, His last prayer is, Father, I want them to see Your love for me. I want them to see that glory. Oh Lord, let it happen. Father, let it happen. That's His last prayer. I want them to see your love for me and the glory that's there in that love. And so, we are called to go out to others and share life. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And what can we say about the sending of Jesus into the world? I'm not going to try to be comprehensive here, but Jesus, in coming to us, He crosses boundaries. Like, it's a love that's so incredible that could not be contained. God said before creation, Son, I designate you to be the one that's going to bring them into this divine circle of love. To bring them into adoption. And so then creation happens, the fall happens, but God's plan didn't change. His eternal plan and purpose did not change. It's still there. And so He sends the Son into and across these boundaries, across all worlds, into our darkness where we're groping around because we're on the throne and we're saying this is what God's like. He's just like me and my pain and He would do mean things because that's what He's like. And Jesus comes and says, this is what God's like. He breaks into this. He crosses boundaries. 
and, and when you see him crossing boundaries, you realize, wow, God's for the poor. God's for the disenfranchised. God's for the marginalized. God's for the successful person. God's for the different nations of the earth. God's for them all equally. I mean, if you could... I mean, I guess infinite love is kind of equal, at least in our understanding, right? It's infinite love for Heidi and James. Infinite love for Meryl, Katie. It's infinite love for all of us and for the world. And so he crosses these boundaries, the needy. I'm thinking about the sick that we have right now, man. I mean, we've been really working through some stuff with some hard illnesses just coming out of our life group. What was our life group that multiplied? You know, and you guys be praying. Pray for Terry Pack. Pray for Chris Weatherly right now. Who's re- they, these guys are going through a very hard time right now. Chris is in the hospital this weekend suddenly with his, just a bunch of back stuff and uh, pain and uh, really intense. But Jesus crosses those boundaries to be with the sick and the lost and those who don't know. And um, what can we say about this, this going out? It's, it's incarnational. And what I mean by that is we, we would not know what the Father's love is like apart from seeing Jesus. And how many of you guys, uh, like we all want to follow Jesus, but how many of you have learned from somebody who wasn't Jesus about what Jesus is actually like? Like you get a picture, you're in a situation, you're in a hard situation, and you go, well, what would they do right here? You know, what would, you ever done that? Mike, you know, I, I can think of people in this room that I've done that with. I've got a friend, my dear friend down in Waco, uh, Jimmy, um, who just, I've been in so many situations where I go, it's a leadership thing, it's tight, it's a crunch, it's maybe dangerous, you know, or something, and I'll go, you know, what would, how would he react? Because I've been with him in so many situations where he incarnated wisdom for me and the gift of leadership for me where I could see what that looked like in that tight situation. Does that make sense? And God wants us to be that kind of people. When we go out to share, it's, it's we're reaching out in that way. It, there's a sensitivity and a fullness that flows from being together. If you feel wiped out and burned out and drained, part of the answer might be getting with people. Getting with people so that I have something to give and then sharing, crossing boundaries, uh, the incarnation piece. It's always... Uh, Jesus walks around and He always points to another life. Well, you're seeing me, but it's not just me. You're hearing me, but it's not just me. And so when we go around and walk around in Fort Worth or we end up in some sense somewhere else, some other part of the world, which is a possibility around here, so when, when we do that, but we're constantly pointing to the life of Jesus. This is Jesus' life. It's not just me you're seeing. When Randy's serving those kids and all that stuff in Como, it's not Randy. Randy doesn't, Randy doesn't want to be the superstar here. It's about Jesus Christ. It's pointing to that life, just like Jesus was doing. Pointing to that, to, to that life, to that reality. Here's another one. What does it look like, Jesus sending? It looks like exposing the religion of performance. Yeah, I mean, one of the main things Jesus does is come to religious people who are holding up what they've done and He says, no, that's not the way. It's not performing your way there. It's not what you think you know. It's trusting in Me. And I'm the only way. I'm the only way to experience what you long for. 
And so what religion does, the performance kind of thing that I'm talking about, it looks away from Jesus and trust in Jesus who shows us what God is like. And Jesus wants to bring us into communion that kind of fills us up and that there's no other way but that. And when we see, even like I said earlier, when we see that God is for us, only then will we be able to be for the world. When we see that it's, you, can't, you can't be for them and make it until you see that God is for you. We as a church can't be for them. We're going to burn out if we don't see that God is for us. But when we see that He's for us, like completely, not hesitatingly, not like some misappropriated view of a father who wasn't always there or all that kind of the messed up, scratch the messed up stuff and think of perfect love. And that's what our God's like. Okay? Everybody good? So what does this look like? Practically. Practically. I think part of what my burden this morning in this is that it's going to be for us catching a vision of what contagious Christianity actually looks like. You've got you to re-up. You've got to see something that's that's beyond maybe where you've been or what you've experienced, especially if what you come in expecting is something mundane and average and just the same old deal and I'm going to flip up the cards if it's a good service or not and I'm going to decide whether or not I want to come back. That is not what we're talking about. In love. I love you guys. But that is not what we're talking about. And where there needs to be a recalibration in your life, let Jesus recalibrate you. Happy. It's just such a gigantic deal because what He's actually leading us into is contagious. There's a sense of awe. It's dramatic. It's lights. There's colors. There's, there's, there's always excitement because Jesus is, is creative and leading us into from one level of glory into the next. He wants us to step into the zone with Him and walk with Him. And yes, it's not always going to be Laura Ingalls Wilder down through the field, but it's going to be wonderful still, even with trials. And I can say that maybe with a little more authority right now than in days past. And He's good. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's so good. He's so good. And, uh, you know, I think part of what happens to us is when we get our eyes off Jesus and this vision that He has for us of being life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church that just spreads this life all over the place for His glory and life and all, the, all His goodness and all that stuff, when we get our eyes off that beautiful vision of who Jesus is, Proverbs tells us that we start to cast off restraint. When we lose vision, without, the, without vision, people cast off restraint. It means that I stop, I, stop, uh, I stop ordering my life around what Jesus is wanting me to do, and I start ordering my life around what's convenient, what I want to do, what's, what works for me this week. Or, and... Um, you know, here we are. We're 50. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm 50 and... <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Later. Ah, I'm sorry. She doesn't do that. She's awesome. But once you catch this, guys, life changes. Life becomes 
so much more filled with possibilities. God possibilities. Practically, it looks like life groups marked by the presence of God and encouraging each other to reach out and to share life in the group, to use our gifts, to, to, to encourage one another, to reach out and share this good news and life with other people. That's just practical. It looks like belonging. It looks like uh, having these things that we're talking about like on our calendars. It looks like rearranging life in order to actually be in community because I know that being here matters. It matters for all that God wants to do in me and through me and in my family. You know, there's, it's good. There's benefits. But they, they outweigh the challenges that come for doing it. It looks like welcoming each other, helping each other, serving each other, um, and being cautious when our hearts are tempted toward judgmentalism and criticism because we know that we can't love people and judge them at the same time. Impossible for me to love you with God's love and judge you at the same time, which puts me on the throne and takes me, or robs me of the capacity to give you love, unsurpassable love like God gives to the world. That's why I'm saying that's, that's it's just it's gigantic. We struggle with this. Why? Because we're human. We're all human. I struggle. You struggle. We all struggle. But there's resurrection power working in us. Receive the Holy Spirit. We are destined uh, to make it. So, so it's life groups doing all that kind of stuff that happens in life groups. It's engaging with God and with others right here on Sunday mornings, Sunday by Sunday, being encouraged and challenged to live the life. And if it's not me preaching, it's somebody else preaching. And if it's not me preaching, I certainly myself need to hear that encouraging word because I get discouraged and I need encouragement from my brothers and sisters. We need it. It's not just... you know. I mean, I want to encourage you. I know we've got busy lives, but there's a key piece. There's a reason why we're exhorted to come together. You know, it's, it, part of it's like the image of God. It's being like God who enjoys this life and fellowship together. So it's, it's huge. Whether it's life groups or whether it's Sundays, it's just this, it's always going to be relational. And that relational piece is a paradigm shift for so many. To really say, this is what God is like. God is relational. From before time, before creation, God is in a relationship of love. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It looks like, uh, what's it look like? It looks like justice being worked. God put in us a heart to see things made right. It looks like, I'm looking at Randy just because they just got back from Opportunity Camp. How'd it go? Alright. Probably some opportunities for leadership and encouraging kids. Um, but but uh, investing in kids who don't have so they can see a little window of what might be. You know, and that's helping to make things right. You know, it's, it's Corey, you know, going to school this next year, you know, who was being invested in all those years ago, and now he's going to college. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's Susan coming in a couple weeks, you know, to talk about justice. It's, it's that heart that we have. It's not okay that lost people don't know Jesus. That's not okay. We want to make that right. That's a justice issue at one level, right? And so, it looks like unity in the body of Christ. It looks like making things right because our church in Fort Worth, the church in Fort Worth, 
should have times when we give visible expression to the unity that we actually have in Christ. Come next week. Let's, let's go for it. Let's love our brothers and sisters from Pleasant Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church. What's it look like? It looks like God's love being expressed in visible ways in our marriages. You're like, are you serious? That's part of the, the missional call today? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if, if we can't do this thing in a life-giving way in our marriages, it's going to be hard to share that with somebody else who's trying to look at our lives incarnationally and say, hey, what's this look like? Can I do this thing? Is there any joy in it? You know, so part of just real practically, I'm just going to get practical with our marriages here, what that may mean is it may mean coming low, getting under, Lucas serving, Heidi coming, mutual submission, you know, and, and if, if any level we're going to play the, the, uh, the head thing, then we need to play also the die thing. Jesus died for, laid down, completely laid down His life for. So that would be a missional send-out for every marriage here, that we live that kind of life that's beautiful, that makes marriage look fun, awesome, good, Amen. It looks like new disciples. You know, baptisms. I, you know, a couple months ago when we had all those baptisms, 13 baptisms on a Sunday, just, and seeing them just come, just, yeah, and all that, that's what it looks like for us to go out and share and to bring people into this beautiful life. It looks like new life groups. It looks like new churches. We're going to, this is where we're going, you guys. As long as I've got, you know, any strength in my body to wave this flag, you know, Iwo Jima, we're going to do it by God's grace. Yeah, I, that's where I'm going. I want you guys to go with me. It looks like, you know, Daniel and Ashley coming back after serving and having a family to come back to and then going out again by God's grace at some point in the future. That's the kind of people that we want to be. Missional God, Trinitarian love, focused on Jesus Christ who reveals all that to us getting to touch, I mean, just getting to have an abnormal kind of influence in the world for this handful of people. Motley crew. Not like the band. But just, just people. Just normal, everyday people, right? So, gigantic. Life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting churches. That's what we want to be. That's what we want to be a part of sending out Amen. Um, stand up if you would. Let's, uh, let's respond to the Lord a minute here. Just take a little time because I've touched on some big things. Band, come on up.